Good morning, everybody. And what a privilege to be here at Slough River Church in our lovely big building. I said the next thing is prayer. So we say, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for everything so far. And uh, I feel like saying good nutrition. Yeah, good, good fellowship, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would guide anything that comes out of my mouth, that you would uh, let it fall if it's right on good ground and let it just be blown away if it's rubbish. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have Bibles with you, I'm going to read Joe from Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And I put here, because I didn't know where it was, it's after Hosea and before Amos. So it's towards the last bit of the, you know, the last half of the Bible, basically, after Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and all them. And uh, we'll read from there. So God gives this promise to his people when they're in the middle of a very bad time. Locusts have come, eaten the land, they're in dire straits, basically. And in the middle of all this, Joel brings this word. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those, in those days. Now, Joel lived before Isaiah, they think. They're not sure when he was around, but they believe he was before Jeremiah and Isaiah and all them because they quote him. So that's a long, long time ago, and he promised this. And then in Acts 2, 17 and 18, this promise was fulfilled and is still being fulfilled in the church today. No, this is Acts 2, 17 and 18. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. <laughs> they will prophesy. You will prophesy. It's from God. It's not from us. It's a gift. It's a promise more than a gift. You will prophesy. And I was picturing God with a big jug. You know, like a big pitcher jug, a big just pouring out his Holy Spirit over all of us, just over everyone, because it's for all. And then, being Irish, we had a few cows when I was young, and we used to send milk to the creamery, you know, cow's milk, and we had big milk cans. And then I saw God pouring a big milk can over us. It's big. It's big. I will pour out. God is big. On all, everyone. No special people. We're all special. Now, last week, 
I'm going to talk about Dorothy a little bit, and I, I give me grace, Dorothy, because your word really spoke to me last week. She took us through the word revealing God's nature as being a relational rather than prescriptive. He wants to be in relationship with us, two-way relationship. He leads us into truth, and his desire is for fellowship and restoration, fathering his family rather than being a heavy-handed, strict father, giving us the freedom to stray, but loving us enough to correct and discipline us for our own sake when we need it for development, growth, and protection. It's always for us. His discipline is always for us. Like a child go near a fire. You don't say, oh, go on. You grab them or you say, no, that's not good for you. That's dangerous. Sorry. He is the creator, but he's put his desire to be creative people in us. So we are creative people. We're from his genetic code. We are naturally creative. Dorothy shared her personal. I love her testimony. And if I was to pick a testimony from all the people on YouTube you see or anything, I would pick Dorothy's testimony. God taught her to read the Bible when she couldn't because that was the desire of his child. She wanted to know God better. We've seen Dorothy grow, transformation. She's a leader, teacher, preacher, walking in God's authority. I've seen her. I do the kids group with her. We've seen her with our own eyes who've been here a while. And let's just be honest for all of us. There's loads of areas we need God's help to grow in, isn't there? We all need God. We all need God, basically. We were just saying, Costas, we, we can't do it ourselves. We try, 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 and then we see God in an instant like that. Things that seem to come easy to some people are a mountain to climb for others. Now, some of us find things really hard, and vice versa. Maybe some things people find fairly easy come easy are really hard for others. I felt like God wanted me to stay with this, Dorothy's, for today. Because he's growing us and he's maturing us as a family. I felt the love of God for all of you earlier. I can't carry his love for you. It's so overwhelming. He loves this little church so much. We can't do it ourselves, and we need more of him. We need more of the Holy Spirit. John 3.34 tells us that God gives the Spirit without limit. I mean, without limit. Without limit. We can have as much as we receive. We just have to receive. And in 1 Corinthians 2.12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand all things freely given to us by God. 
But how do we position ourselves to receive all that God has for us? Joel says God is pouring out his spirit on all of us continually, not just here on a Sunday. No. This is when we get to be together. But every day he's pouring out his spirit on all his children. Our part in this relationship is to be open and receive. Worshipping, praying in the Spirit, communicating with them, letting him in. I read, this is the thing. You know, I'm not a lecturer here. This is the thing. It's letting God into our lives, into our moments, into our everyday. Just telling him everything. Trusting him to, to, to know us, really. He knows us, but trusting him and letting him into those days. The good things, bad things, whatever it is. Our best friend. He's our best friend. Spending time being still and reading his word. You see, I saw this. (laughs) I didn't write it down, but actually it did come to me. What goes in comes out. It's as simple as that. There's no, it's not rocket science. What we take in will come out. If we take in his word, when we meet each other, we will prophesy his word. It's natural. It's not an effort. We don't have to say, oh, I have to read the Bible. Oh, God is going to think badly. No. We do it for our own good. We do it for each other. We do it for the church. We do it for Jesus because he wants to have fellowship with us. What goes in will come out. Basically, that's like food. Goes in, comes out. Eat well, be all right. What's that's what brings us round to his way of thinking about things. Yeah, his word actually gives us that understanding, changes our view on things. Mary knows I can be very opinionated, <laughs> and then I go home and I think, oh, poor Mary. <laughs> What goes in comes out. When I go home, then I think about it, because we've we've studied the word. And I realize, oh, it's just too being me, brash, and, oh, no, Mary, this is, no, I think this, no. And Linda's so gentle, and she brings that word, and think, oh, I want to be like that. And Florine listens, and so deep. And I think, let me be more like that. That's why we're there. We're learning from each other. Allowing God access to the areas we see as weakness or shame-inducing, being vulnerable, allowing him to teach us. It's just between ourselves and God. Nobody has to stand up here and share anything. Share it with God. Let me just long that. Share it with God. And that's why someone like Dorothy can come up and share it. She shared it with God. She sorted it out. She can bring that testimony, be herself, because she knows God loves her. Asking him to help us let down our barriers in whatever area we might have built. It might be through hurts. Sometimes those barriers helped us as children to cope with something. 
But a time comes when God says, no, you don't need that protection anymore. I'm here. I'm your protector. It's time to let that down. You're good. You're fine the way you are. I love you. Dorothy went to Father God and asked him to help. And she followed his, his advice. God didn't perform an instant miracle, though he could have. He guided her through. He allowed her to learn, to trust him, to have the victory, to have him say, well done, my child. High five to you. So much better his way. John 14, 25 to 26 says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. We also position ourselves to receive from God by allowing God to deal with our own little flaws and sins. And this came up in the group. A lot of this is from our little group. Catch for us the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Song of Solomon 2.15. And what are the little foxes? We were saying to each other, what are the little foxes? Because this came up because each one of us had some story about a fox that week. Do you remember it now? And we were saying, what are the little foxes? Well, my study Bible says the little foxes can be things like unbelief, resistance, hardness of heart. Another one says jealousies, competition with each other, things like that. And hardness of heart is the enemy of love, since everything depends on being receptive and open. And Jesus is saying, catch for us. Us, Jesus, catch for Jesus, catch for me, catch for you, catch for the church. These nuisances which are spoiling our spiritual growth. It's up to us to catch them. But Jesus is saying, catch for us. It's good for us, for all of us, for our relationship with Jesus, for our relationship with each other, for the church to grow if we catch them. And we all benefit, as I say. Now, I read this in the study Bible. Love is strong, but it never uses force. In the Song of Solomon, the Shulamite, she must come out from behind her wall and willingly venture into the openness of springtime. It's up to us to come out. We get to decide when we're ready to take the step in any particular area. We all have them, basically, let's be honest. It's up to us to come out and say, okay, I think I'm ready, Jesus, help me. Yeah. Jesus is saying our vines have tender grapes. And I was reading about what good grapes, what's good for making good wine. And it says good, full body, big and bold wine needs mature grapes. The best telltale of the grape is its sweetness. Unlike other fruits, once the grapes are cut from the vine, they won't ripen any further. They will never ripen again. 
And our maturity produces the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> I'm just think, saying for myself here that actually some of that fruit is very slow-growing because <laughs> I can't see it yet. <laughs> so it must be there somewhere, but needs a bit of help there. Yeah. Now, there's another thing about the tender grapes that Jesus wants to protect. The tender grapes can also be new Christians. And if we have attitudes that are not, you know, dealt with, basically, it's not good for you, like a little baby. You have to use little gentle, you can't go in and just, you know, you, you have to be gentle with the baby. New Christians are tender, and a good, mature church will know how to tend them. And that's where we are. We're heading that way. We're getting that way. And I think that's why this has been given to me this week, following on from Dorothy's last week. How else can we position ourselves to receive from God? And I'm saying, being part of a small group, it really helps me. Like I said, I can be brash and very opinionated. But when I go home, the Lord will say, oh, you know, Mary can be tender, Mary is beautiful. You know, I will say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm like that. That's where you get rubbed off, don't you? The edges get rubbed off. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Prophesy, my friends, comes naturally. Small groups are not only places we share Bible truths, but a place we can grow together, build each other up, a process of learning together, being knit together by Jesus. Now, I probably have said this before, but I'm going to say it. The first time I went to a group at Julian Costa's house, I remember you had a little group, and uh, I went there. We were everybody was praying around the group, you know, praying whatever it was. And as I sat there, I said to Jesus, "What are you doing up there while we're all praying down here?" I was just wondering. And this came to me. He said, "I'm knitting you together. I'm knitting you together." We're all joined together. We're all... If you're a spiritual brick in the kingdom of God, you influence those around you. That's natural, isn't it? You support someone to lean on, and they support you. It's a two-way thing, relational. In our group, I, I think we're very honest and open with each other. I think we are. That's part of it. Encouraging each other and being honest. Trusting each other with our weakness. And that old iron sharpening iron in Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen. We pray and prophesy. Somebody in our group prayed for something situation and the other person in the group had it on her on her phone 
that very message. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. It's when you see gold in each other, when you see it, when you hear the worship, when you see people, it's joy unspeakable. The Father loves it. He has a good plan for this church and he's weaving us together for the harvest. He is weaving us together. How else can we position ourselves for more of what God has for being under that big jug? How do we get into position? He's pouring out his spirit so that when the doors of this building opens wide, not even this building, when the doors open wide, we'll be fully equipped and ready to serve. That's why we're positioning ourselves, to serve. When I was doing this, I just felt like on Thursday, uh, the word insufficient came to me, and I knew this was hanging there and not ready and all that. And last night, and I was still typing it late last night, and then I felt like God said, my grace is sufficient for you. It's enough. It's okay. So as I was doing this, um, two things came. I, I had written out Martin Smith, open, the, up, open up the doors and let the music play this song. I don't know why it's written here on a piece of paper. I can't. But what happened was... Yesterday morning, I woke up with this bit of a song. Songs that bring us joy. What is that song? With this song. And last night when I was putting this in the folder, there was the song. Look, I don't know when and why I wrote it out, but there it is. Martin Smith's song. Open up the doors and let the music play. Let the streets resound with singing. Songs that bring you hope, songs that bring you joy. Dancers who dance upon injustice. And do you feel the darkness tremble when all the saints join in one song and all the streams flow as one river to wash away our brokenness? And then the thing is, open up the doors and let the music play. It's just funny how it was there. I didn't know what it was. Sorry, I'm going to end and conclude with taken from 1 Corinthians 13, but it's not exactly. It's Again, I found it last night when I was putting it, and I think I should end with this. And then Dorothy, I've asked Dorothy to come and pray and release us into that under-the-jug blessing because she's been through it, and I want that as well. I want that, that she has. Uh, so I'm going to just end with this, and then Dorothy will come and pray. Taken from 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And verse 13. And now these three remain. After all the gifts are gone, after everything, not that they're gone, but over everything, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Thank you.